Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. Today we've got a very special episode. It's not an episode review, is it, Mitch? It is an interview with two lovely ladies. It is an interview because I am currently in, uh, let's say, London. You reckon London? I feel like I'll be in London. Okay. Uh, If I'm not in London, I'll be in Paris. How's London been so far? Cold? So so far, so good. It's Well, uh, let's just say that it's been difficult to prepare for, Mm clothing-wise. That it's been cold, it's been warm, it's been wet, it's been dry. Um, So, not too much different to Melbourne in the summer so far. Uh, but, you know, more tea. What did you see on the West End? Hamilton. Hamilton, how was it? Uh, fantastic. Yeah? Yeah. Did you uh, cross Abbey Road yet, or is that still coming up? Uh, I could care less about Abbey Road. What? I've, you know what? It's, it's, a, it's an opportunity just to stop traffic. Yeah, and... And piss off a lot of people. It's I great. I don't want to be that person. No, but you get some people, though, who obviously are just locals who don't even stop anymore. They're just like, okay. they will move. Sorry, I should <laughs> say I didn't want to be that person because we're in the... Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, this all happened... In the past. Yeah, I, a couple of times I've walked across Abbey Road and the people just go, I ain't stopping, mate. You, you, you're just going to get hit. <laughs> but it would get annoying though if you lived in that area and car, the people just constantly mm. just stopping you from getting home. Yeah, to like just you know, take a photo of yourself at crossing anywhere and then Photoshop it in. Yeah. They should just sell a blank photo of Abbey Road. Yes. Or take a big photo of it, do a canvas and do one of those like 3D vanishing point kind of things on the street so you can stand in front of it like a mural style and make it look like you're on Abbey Road. Yeah. Now, we haven't mentioned who we are interviewed yet, I don't think, by name, have we? Uh, no, I don't think we have, but that's fine. We'll get to that. Um, what, what else has been happening, Dan? Uh, like, I have to apologise. My, my voice is a little bit scratchy. Did you overhear what happened to me last night? Last night or six weeks ago? Both, <laughs> depending on when you're listening to this. Um, I went to sleep feeling tip-top, 100%. I woke up at, I don't know what time of the morning, but it was dark. Did Ash hit you with the saucepan? No, Ash was asleep. But I woke myself up with a sneeze that must have been like when Mount Krakatoa erupted. Like, I, I sneezed, it ripped my throat in half, and I have since felt as sick as I've felt in a long time. It's like a dog sneeze. You know when dogs really get into it and the whole yeah. body shape? Yeah, it was. I'd recreate it for you, but it would be too painful. Like, yeah. I really can't do it. So, like, it, it's been an excruciating morning just out of the blue. And um, well, it's, it's actually got some stressing. sleep. <laughs> some sleep. But it's been quite upsetting. I've been, I'd gone over a year without a cold. And I'm doing, you know, I'm sitting here. It's actually not too bad a day. I'm sitting here in a hoodie and a beanie because I'm just trying to fight this off. Nicola keeps taking uh, young Elliot to like uh, day not daycares, a uh, mother's group and things like that, and just hanging out with a bunch of other sick children. Oh, yeah, that's like their petri dishes. Yeah, and he's uh, he's just bringing it home with him. So I've, it's either a sick child or a sick wife, and then I somehow get sick in between. It's it's just hasn't been a great eight weeks. <laughs> I watch this happen at work a lot. That when people have one, two, three year old kids, they just have this cycle of. Because they put they, they get in their sick, hands and they the, touch everything. Yeah, so the kid gets sick, then the parent gets sick, and then the kid gets over it, but the parent gives it back to the kid. And then just when the parent's about to get over it, the kid's got something new, and then he passes it back to the parent. And it's just three That's years... the circle of life. Three years of not being healthy. <laughs> but we're here today for an interview with the very lovely Nikki Isordia from the production coordinator of The Simpsons mm-hmm. and Liz Climo. Yep, which was like, it's a bit of a... Honestly, this is just a case to catch up and have a chat with two really, really great women that... Yeah. Um, Clearly best friends. Yeah, amazing friends. Both spent a long time working on the show. Liz also does fantastic comics, like just really nice, fun comics. You can look her up um, if you search Liz Climo, spelled C-L-I-M-O. 
Little World of Liz. Little World of Liz uh, on Instagram. She's got a Tumblr page. There's books. So we'll talk about like that gets covered in the interview. But we sat back. Like we mentioned during the interview, we just sat back a couple of times and let them just chat to each other. It was mm. awesome. The, the, the Simpsons was actually the show that brought them together. It's a pretty cool story. It is. And it's great that Nikki, I just can't get over how she started as the receptionist and now she's the boss of the animators. That is a rise to success. Boss of the animators sounds like... She, she has a whip. She showed me the whip when I went there. It, it, the way you say it almost sounds Russian. I don't know why. <laughs> the boss. But, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, maybe, it's, maybe it's the Chernobyl influence, but I'm boss of the animators. <laughs> but she is a lovely, lovely lady. Um, so, I hope you enjoy the interview, guys. Stick around because we're going to be joining you once again after the interviews are wrapped up. Alrighty, guys. As promised, we are joined right now by the lovely Liz Climo and Nikki Isordia. How are you doing, ladies? Good. Good, good. It's Friday night over there for you guys. Is this a normal Friday night for you? Just chilling after work? Oh, but wait a minute. Liz, you don't work at The Simpsons anymore, do you? So I don't. I work at home at my house on my own stuff. Well, we might as well get straight into plugging what that own stuff is then, if you don't mind, Liz. Because I, for one, have been a massive fan of the uh, 365-day calendars. Um, and Aww. I uh, I hear that there might be some new product that is available currently as well. Do you want to, um, for people that may not have read our book, do you want to explain a little bit about what it is that you do? So I uh, do web comics and I ha- I post online to a Tumblr page um, and an Instagram page where I do um, comics. I was trying to do like three a week, but lately it's been more, well, the past couple of months I've been working really hard on a few books. So it's been more like a couple a month, <laughs> unfortunately. But um, I actually just wrapped uh, working on a, a three different books this past month. Jeez. Yeah, it's been a really busy month. Um, and then I have a book that I finished earlier this year that comes out, I believe, in the spring. No, sorry, uh, in the fall of this year called Please Don't Eat Me. And it is a children's book. And um, <laughs> it, if you are familiar with the bear and rabbit characters from my comics, then uh, you would probably like this book. And it's a good one. It's a good one for the whole family. So. Have you found that you've got Liz Clumo groupies now that just love what you're doing? <laughs> um, just Chrissy Teigen. Just- <laughs> I, hear, I, I, I feel like it's a ninja joke there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, it's funny. Like I, I don't, I, I work at, in my basement at my house, and so I just I think of myself as just like you know sitting at home in my pajamas working in my basement. But just the other night, I was at. Um, dinner and the bartender recognized my name from my card and told me she was a fan of mine that doesn't happen often it's probably happened like five times total but when it does it is um it is a very surreal and very exciting feeling so I'm like oh wow this isn't just me at home alone working on this stuff there's actual people who are actually like kind of excited about it and that makes me very happy that's very cool uh which which of you two is more excited to be the other one's friend so we've got me. One. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> me, 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 me. Like, yeah, I, I would like to know the count of. I mean, obviously, Liz, you did work on The Simpsons, but now that you don't, like, who gets to say my friend works on The Simpsons versus my friend's writing her own book? Like, which of those two? I, who brags the most me, about I the other? I win that one. I win that one. Well, I don't know because now, yeah, now I say like my friend, and whenever I need like a card signed or something, I'm like, I'm not getting it signed. I have to have my friend Nikki, my fancy friend Nikki, who works on The Simpsons, oh. sign it for me. So. <laughs> But I like to tell her all the time how famous she is because I feel like she's so humble and so sweet and really like is just Liz. So I like to remind her because I've met people. I've met people that know friends of mine and somehow it comes up and they're like, oh, my God, you you know, Liz Climo. Like, I love her comics. They're my favorite. 
So I think I win this one. <laughs> Liz, can I ask? So when we, uh, when you were kind enough to speak to us for the book, we focused mostly on the animation aspect and how you know your how you came to work at the show and that sort of thing. But we didn't really get into you as a writer, um, and you know the comics that you produce, like they do have this really great kind of wholesome, sweet, relatable, funny charm to them. And well, thanks. That's okay. And I, I do mean that. Like I've, <laughs> I've, I've bought one for the last two or three years for my wife as a Christmas present. Um, it's just like a little annual thing. Before I even actually knew who you were, I loved those comics. Um, oh. So I'm curious like how, so, you know, when, when Liz ducks down into the basement at home, like what, what are you tapping into? Is it things that have happened to you through the week? Is it, um, you know, stories yeah. friends have told you? Yeah. How are you channeling through these characters? It's really a combination of all those things. Um, I, I get like, I get ideas sort of throughout the day and I, I keep an, like a note in my phone where I write them all down. But um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's interactions with friends. It's uh, going to the coffee shop in the morning, going to lunch, like all of those experiences. I, if I'm lucky, I will get an idea and I'll write it down. And on days where I'm not, you know, I don't have those ideas and I will just sit at my computer and sort of stare blankly at the screen and hopefully something will come to me. And sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't. So Yeah. Has Nikki made it into a panel or has she inspired a panel? She has. Um, there's one where the, the, what's the horse one? The horse, yeah. <laughs> Nikki's there's a horse. There's been a couple like, yeah, a couple like dating panel or like comics that, that, that Nikki is definitely, I mean, all, like. My closest friends always inspire the panels, and Nikki is definitely one of my closest friends. And so, uh, absolutely, there have been like bits and pieces of her in a lot of my comics. Well, is it true the the Simpsons? That's what brought you two together, right? As besties, as yep. Nikki tells me. The magical love story <laughs> of how we met. Um, well, I remember when I was still the receptionist <laughs> at the company. I would see this girl in the kitchen with like her little denim skirts and her Ugg boots and like she just looked really cool. This was 2005, I think. <laughs> just, just so you know. <laughs> this was a month ago. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, and I would see her in the kitchen and like hanging out and I would just always be like, that girl looks so cool. Like I want to be friends with her. That's really funny because that was how I felt the first time. I remember seeing you like walking in the halls. There was a particular time like in the bathroom where I saw you and I was like, hi. And you just looked like your hair looked so good. Your hair always looks so good. And you just look like well-dressed. And I mean, that sounds very shallow, but like you have a very, like something about you is really cool. And I was like, man, I wish I had a friend who's cool. Oh, thanks girl. (laughs) Just imagine if you didn't do your hair that morning, you never would have been friends. Yeah. I mean, Nikki never has a bad hair day. So that's true. Um, and then we were at a party. Once I started right. on the show, we were at a party and I was out on the balcony uh, with my sister and her and I were discussing our friend uh, who's a musician, Mark Broussard. And Liz overheard and was like, what? I love that I guy. Love and we're like, I know that guy. And then, you know. Finally, I had my in to talk to her. I was like, the oh. rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were there frantically Googling Mark Brassard just to try to keep up with the conversation. <laughs> I, uh, it, it can be hard like when you're, when you're an adult to make a new friend in the workplace. I remember uh, working with a guy and I was maybe 24 or 25 or something like that. And one day he made this reference in passing to a, a movie you might be familiar with called Thank You for Smoking that didn't get oh, a massive yeah. run in Australia. Um, 
uh, it has, it stars Aaron Eckhart and I was gonna say yeah I was gonna say Harvey Dent but that's not his name yeah he, well yeah, he kind of oh, is. Yeah. Um, but I remember being really nervous about it and for a few days I was sort of stewing on how like how do I ask this guy to to be my friend and like I came home and I was telling my wife I was like this is this guy I like at work his name's Steve he's this really great guy and like I think I want to invite him around but I don't know how to do it like it's a really it's I felt like I was 15 trying to call up a girl for the first time when yeah. trying to make a it's new hard. friend I mean, in my as 20s. As we get older, I think it's harder to make those like adult friends. And it does really feel like almost like in a weird way, it's like dating. It's like, do I call, like we hit it off. We had a really fun time that last time. Like, do I call them? Like, like yeah, yeah. Do? <laughs> you don't want to come on too strong. Exactly. <laughs> now, Liz, how, how did you feel watching uh, Nikki? As she put it, she started off as the, uh, the receptionist. How did it feel watching her just work her way up the ranks? Was she eventually your boss, or? Um, I think when I was there, I yeah, but yeah, but the, by the end, when I was there, she was. I don't. I honestly like. I remember her better. What was? What were you after you were the receptionist? I remember you as the receptionist, uh, but we became PA friends as when people. I was the PA. Yeah, but like, and then coordinator. From the moment I met her, I knew that she should be like all the way at the top because she's so competent and so smart and she's just handles everything so well in a way that like, I can say this because I don't work on the Simpsons anymore. Not everyone does. So it makes me really happy (laughs) to see her doing such a good job. And I'm telling you now, she should be in charge because she can get stuff done. And it, it makes me proud because she's my friend and I love her. Oh, yeah, you're making me cry. <laughs> I hope El Jane's listening to this. <laughs> yeah. Attention, Matt Graining. Yeah. This is fine. <laughs> Liz, do you want to explain to our listeners what it is exactly you were doing whilst you were working at The Simpsons? What was I doing? Okay, so I started as a uh, character layout artist um, way back when, uh, I think in 2004. Uh, and essentially that, I mean, you just in case listeners don't know it basically is just like a like a key frame animator so i was sort of doing like acting for the characters but um i was drawing them rather than like acting out myself obviously uh so i started out doing that and then i did that for a while and then i did storyboard revisions um and that was what i was doing uh when i left the show so yeah i was like kind of just you know drew drew the characters did acting um my thing is that i always drew really clean uh, which is not necessarily the best thing in animation, but um, there was definitely a niche for me, like where they needed something to look pretty, or there was a scene with a lot of kids and it needed to look really cute, and that was sort of my forte. So I would always those would always kind of come across my desk. Were there ever times that you like were stuck uh, mentally and did have to act something out, or like maybe get someone else to act something out and then figure out how to draw it? Because oh yeah, I, I, I'm. Ha- it's been. I mean, I haven't worked there in a couple of years, so it's kind of hard to recall something specific. But there were. I mean. We actually have mirrors set up at our desk, uh, or we did, and so I would actually look at myself acting something out, and often when I was drawing, I was also acting, like, making the weird faces and yeah. stuff, trying to, like, convey it in the drawings. It's very, very common for animation. The classic image that springs to mind, and I feel like it, you know, could have been inspired from something that happened um almost on a daily basis for animators, is when Homer's trying to tell the story of uh, sperm, you know, fertilizing an egg and then it cuts from that to watching him sort of dancing in the lounge room oh, waving yeah, his, he, waving he his like arms backwards sperm, like yes yeah i was like I, I feel like if you walked into the animators offices that you could see someone doing that dance or something similar on a on an almost daily basis trying to figure out how something yeah we do, be. they do that every day all the time yeah, yeah it's it, it's kind of necessary like you kind of have to do it um 
in order to make it funny and to make it work and make it readable, honestly. And that is, I forgot about that. That's one, like one of the funniest visual things on the Simpsons that I remember. <laughs> yeah. That's one of my favorite things, actually, when I catch the directors, like I've been in an office when the directors are trying, are giving direction to one of the artists and they kind of get up and like act out the stuff. It's just, that's it's one of my favorite things to watch. <laughs> So that's one thing that we never really cracked into the last time. That uh, I don't think we asked you this, Nikki, when we spoke to you um, four years ago. By the way, can you believe four years yeah. has passed since we? I first... know. Oh my god, it's that's, that's, that's crazy. Stunning. That it's that's um, insane. Yeah. Um, and now we're besties. No. <laughs> <laughs> but what are what are some of your favorite Simpsons moments? Because I assume you were both. Oh well, I, Nikki, I know you were, but I assume you were both fans of the show before you came to work on the show. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. I started sure. watching the show when I was like, when it was Tracy Ullman shorts. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I named my cat Bart. I didn't know that. You didn't? No, yeah, I had a cat named Bart. That's so. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I suppose if you named it Snowball One, that would have been a bad omen. Um, I actually had a cardboard cutout of Homer in my room in college, like my college dorm room. And I had, a, I had the yellow, the big yellow poster of all the characters. I had a Homer Simpson sticker on my car. Um, I was like a huge fan, a really, really big fan. And I, I actually practiced drawing the Simpsons. Like I'd, I'd come home after school and like watch reruns and I'd sit and I would practice drawing the characters. Did you ever have that book, How to Draw the Simpsons? I think we've all had that book, yeah. I, I was going to say, I worked on that one, was probably the yeah. later one, yeah. No, it was when I was a kid, I had a book that my parents oh, got me so. that showed you how to draw the Simpsons characters. no. I had to do it the old-fashioned way. I just watched it with the computer paper and the television. Hmm. The television had a hole in the side of it, too. Because <laughs> we would bang it all the time because it would always lose picture. And then a lot, it got a big hole. It was a, one of those big wooden things. Yeah. I'm not young, so that's probably why. <laughs> I was a terrible artist, so I would have had to get tracing paper and hold it against the screen if I was to do anything <laughs> along those lines, make it a big picture yeah, box that's, that's, or you know, light that's box. totally respectable. Have you ever had a worker start at The Simpsons who wasn't a fan of the show before working there? Someone that works on the show that wasn't a fan? Yeah. Probably. Can you think of anyone specifically? Um, let's not name them, probably. Let's name them and put them on blast. I'll do it. I don't work there anymore. I'm yeah. going to name everyone. I'm just kidding. Who that wasn't a fan of the show? Not that I can think of. Well, maybe there might have been a couple people who have come from, like, traditional. Like, there there are some people who have come from, like, um, other animated, like, like movies yeah. who maybe weren't necessarily, like, I'm a huge Simpsons fan. They just got hired because they were just kick-ass animators but for the most part i'd say people because you have to sort of be familiar with the show because it is a very animating for a sitcom is really different for animating for like saturday morning cartoon or feature like it's a really different thing because the animation isn't like necessarily lifelike or zany like it there it's a very nuanced thing where it's all about delivering the joke and making the joke successful and you don't want to muddy it up too much with like too much overacting and it is sort of something that you have to be familiar enough with in order to make it work and, and be successful working on the show. Yeah, I can't think of anyone. The only thing is, like, we have interns now who are literally, like, fetuses. <laughs> and they're just, maybe they didn't, that, those are the only ones I can think of. And even them, like, most of them even have an idea about the show, but. You know, it's, I can't think of anyone that stands out that wasn't like, uh, like didn't have some story about how the show's like. I can't think of been in their life. You know, I can't think of that of anyone. 
Is there anyone that went too far in the opposite direction and came in as like a super fan, like come in with a, Ro- a Ralph yeah, Wigan mug and a T-shirt sure. and they're quoting it all the time and you have to like, you know, step just just take a step back, buddy. It's okay. Yeah. Um, people, I'm going to say, yeah. yeah. I'm going to sure. say, I know you probably know who I'm talking about. I'm not uh, going to say a name. Um, I'm going to say yes. And I'm actually so, like, I'm so protective of like the show. That when people come in and they're like new, I'm kind of like, mm, yeah, because he's up, buddy. You gotta like earn your place here. Like, don't like take it slow. Yeah, because there is a certain amount of like, I want to like you know show everyone I know the show, and that's yeah, that's fair. Like if you're working on the show, and I was like that, I wanted to, I gave tours and all that, but like, yeah, there, yeah, there is a certain amount of like you you do want to, yeah, I, I get the being protective of it because it's, I mean, it's a it's a really special thing. So. Yeah. Definitely. I, I would I could think of more people like that than more people who like don't don't know. Yeah. yeah. When you are a fan of the show. Love them all. Love them all. Love them yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. But when you are a fan of the show and then you start working for the show, how how long does the honeymoon period last? Like how long does it take before you stop being overwhelmed by the fact that you are finally working on The Simpsons? I never stopped. Feeling- uh, it's still. Yeah. It. I still have moments where I'm like. Oh my god, this is so yeah. It never like, went cool. away, and like it totally never goes away. And it's so, especially one of my favorite moments was um, at the premiere party last year when I got to make Liz go talk to oh, Yardley, Yardley <laughs> Smith, and they had a moment where it was just, it was the coolest thing to see them like fangirl for each other. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, I never honestly like I left. When I left The Simpsons, it was under fine terms, but, like, I kind of was backed against a wall where they were like, well, we need you to come back in and work full-time and work in-house. And I had been working at home for, like, five years, and I said, well, you know, that's not going to work for me anymore, and I have these books that I'm doing, and, you know, this is just not going to work. But had that not happened, I probably would still be working there because I have such love for the show, and it it will always feel like home to me, and... um, the feeling, the excitement of it all never went away for me. And it still doesn't like, even though I don't technically work on it anymore, we went to Universal Studios and I could hear the Simpsons theme song playing. And I was like, oh yeah, this is my family. Like I, I worked for them for, I think 13 years and wow. I don't anymore, but it's it's always going to be a part of me and it's always going to be a big part of like who I am. They all love you. Well, thanks. <laughs> Have you ever had a moment where the Simpsons theme does come on in a room somewhere and you just stop the conversation and go, excuse me, they're playing my song? And just... Yeah, <laughs> and then we dancing. dance. Yeah, exactly. We dance. <laughs> and now we dance. That actually happened at the, I was at the Magic, were you with me at the Magic Castle when it happened? No. no I was, I was, I was someone... with you another time at the Magic Castle. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> um, I was at the Magic Castle once and it was so weird. I don't, do you guys know what the Magic Castle is? No. It's a private magician's club I was going to say, yes, the, I've heard Penn and Teller reference it, but uh, it's always been like this mystery, almost like a myth on the other side of the world to me. It's so cool. Um, next time you come to LA, we're going. Awesome. Um, so I w- one of the first times I went there, I was with one of my coworkers actually on The Simpsons. And there's a room that you go into just off one of the bars and they have a piano, a ghost piano. I forget what, Irma is the name of the piano. Oh. And she, this piano plays itself. 
And it was so random. Like, we walked into the room, and the piano started playing the Simpsons theme song. Whoa, that's so cool. And then I was like, that was magic. Yeah. And, you know, I felt right at home, and I should probably live there now. Do you ever, because you said you're a huge fan of the show before you started working for it, do you ever go back and wish you could animate some of the previous moments? Like, what are some of the moments from the first seasons that you wish that you had the chance to work on? Any of the Lisa or Maggie episodes, because I always loved, love, love, love doing Lisa and Maggie stuff. Um, like maybe Lisa the Vegetarian or um, I can't remember the name of the episode, but the episode where Hom- it's like the the flashback ones where Homer, um, he's going to leave the nuclear power plant. And then there's the sign over above his desk that's like, don't forget you're here forever. Yep. And then the last scene is do it for her. Like he has put pictures of, I'm going to start crying. <laughs> But any of the, like, I'm not a sentimental person, but, like, any of the sort of sentimental episodes where it's, like, origin, like, family, familial origin stories or, like, where the kids are really little, I would have loved to work on those because I I had it. So to kind of sidetrack, there was a director there for a long time named Raymond Percy. Um, he was the first director I worked for, but he always used to joke with me that I would make every character, like, really, really little and round and so he said if there's ever like a simpsons babies episode or show like muppet babies that i should be like the showrunner because everything everything i did was so like little and round and cute and so he would like leave drawings on my desk when i came in in the morning and it was like little like like little cutesy versions like there was like a little version of monty burns and it said minty buns and it was like do you still have those Somewhere in my garage, I think. Yeah. Oh my god, you should I know. Find them. I, I just know saw this. him yesterday, by the way. P.S. Anyway, Raymond, Raymond Percy, shout out. He was uh, Flash, Flash in, Zootopia. in Zootopia, and also Gene in Wreck-It Wow. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. Simpsons Babies. That has a spinoff that has has legs. Wait. Yeah, that would be. Maybe you should uh, pitch I'll this. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> I'll okay. take you. You'll be my date to the premiere party this year, of course. I'll give so him like I'll, we'll corner him. We'll talk. I'll bring Yardley. We can go talk to him. Yeah, we'll pitch <laughs> it. It's, it's a done deal. <laughs> what? Uh, sorry, the, I, I disappeared for a second because the Magic Castle started getting me to look at um, uh, things that are now out of date, so I can't ask the question about it. But I was just thinking about how you guys had an episode a while ago with Penn and Teller and David Copperfield and Ricky Jay and just how amazing it would have been if you were in the room with those guys and how I'm sure scripts would have been disappearing from the table left, right and center. And then I would have probably like passed out. Yeah. I'm such a huge like magic geek. Like it's ridiculous. I've actually seen David Copperfield live. Oh, wow. In Vegas? Uh, No, it was in San Diego. Okay. Did you make the whales disappear in San Diego? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. No, but he flew. Like, legit, he flew. Yeah. Whenever I go to San Diego, I make all the Mexican food disappear. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Cheers. It's in my car. All the burritos on the way home. We got it. Let's get out of here. Let's, let's do this. I, I saw David Copperfield when I was a, a young. He came out to Australia sometime in the 1990s. I don't know how old I was, but I would have been maybe seven or eight. I don't remember a lot about it other than remembering that it was so David Copperfield. Like everything about David Copperfield, he just yeah. he, he just owns being David Copperfield like no one else could ever own being anything. I was obsessed anything. with him. Obsessed. Like going, I've been in the Magic Castle probably six times. Wow. Yeah. I've only been once with you. We'll go again. All right. Blows my mind every time. It's pretty cool. How does it work? Is it invite only? Do you, can you pay? To yeah. Get it? yeah, pretty much. Wow. 
You have to be a member or a member has to bring you in. It's like the Stonecutters. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or any exclusive. golf club We're in the New Illuminati. York. Yeah, pretty, we <laughs> rule the world. Yep. With the power Surprise. of magic. Me, Nikki, Jay-Z, and Beyonce. That's a bit surprise. <laughs> now, Liz, I was, going, I was looking through our book from the, um, the answers you gave us last time we had a chat, and you, you wrote that, um, that Millhouse is your favorite character to draw. Which other characters are just satisfying to draw? Because the Simpsons designs are all very shape-based. I can imagine some of them were just very satisfying just to draw them. I imagine like Lisa's head, maybe the shape of her head. Yeah, uh, Lisa and Maggie again. Like I loved, loved, loved drawing them. I actually really struggled. I mean, even after working there for so long, I would still struggle with Homer and Bart. Okay. Um, I don't know why, but like, yeah, it was. I, I would, you know, I would whenever I would get a good Homer or Bart drawing that was like satisfying to me, I'd be really proud of myself. But Lisa and Maggie, every time. I was just, I don't know. There's a weird like balance you have to strike where you like want their eyes to be big, but not so big that they look like weird and crazy, that they just look cute and just like round and soft. And I don't know. I, I just love drawing them. Um, now, if somebody asks me to do a Simpsons drawing, I will always do either a Lisa or a Maggie. And I think most people probably want a Homer or a Bart, but I'm like, you've come to the wrong girl. So I'm going to do Lisa, <laughs> Lisa or Lisa. I would want a Ralph. How do you feel about Ralph? Ralph, I always struggled with his hair because his hair is kind of yeah, tricky because it's, it's like weird. it's very subtle. So like if you could do like I would always do too many strands of hair. Um, who else? Um, so I kind of like drawing Skinner. Skinner was kind of a weird yeah. like like he had kind of weird like newt features. Uh, but usually, honestly, it was like I would get like the female characters um, and I, I just like to draw them. There. I would make them try and make them appealing in some way. Uh, did you ever get friends asking you to draw them either, either to, into the show or just for All their own private the use? And what was the weirdest request? Oh, man. I don't know, actually. Of getting someone drawn, like, Simpsonized? Yeah, like, has anyone asked for, like, you know, themselves as Simpsons characters, but, like, maybe sexy as, like, a special present to their loved one or something? Oh, I shouldn't say this, but I'm Someone going to. Someone drew me as the Simpsons sexy. Oh, yes, that is true. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that as a rule for our podcast, if a thought starts with, I shouldn't say this, you absolutely should. Yeah, no, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, when, I was, when I was in high school, long before I worked on The Simpsons, but because I was coming home every day from school practicing drawing The Simpsons, I was pretty, I was pretty good at it at that point. Uh, the guys in my class used to always ask me to draw like sexy versions of Simpsons characters, and I would... <laughs> Use my discretion, but sometimes I would draw some. Not X-rated, but, you know, I would do, like, you know, like, pin-up-y style of Simpsons stuff. Oh, that would be cool. I do good pin-up stuff. I love your pin-up stuff. Before it was uh, animals, it was it was kind of pin-up-y stuff. Yeah, Liz has done some, like, real cute, I'll have to send you guys, like, pin-up girl drawings. Please do. I was actually just animal comics. I was just imagining the bear from the um, little world of Liz Clim- uh, Climo <laughs> at, in a pinup style. Yeah. I think that there's something to, to run with there. Yeah, the bear. It's like she. It's like on. The I could see and, the bear. Yeah, yeah. A little, like a little head tilt, like and a wink. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's got like those kind of perfect 1950s hips. Wait, but you're the bear, right? I am the bear. Liz is the bear. Oh. Yeah. So we'll see what we can do. <laughs> that makes total sense. Yeah. Well, now we're going to get back into the territory of you having to act it out in front of a mirror <laughs> so you can draw yourself. Yeah, exactly. Bear, which is we're good. doing it right now. Yeah, yeah. Put a bear suit on. I've got a big furry suit on. <laughs> suddenly, it's, suddenly it's turned into The Shining and I don't know how that happened. <laughs> you know. Oh, my God, but everything goes back to The Shining. That it makes does. me so happy. Yeah. 
Everything is as it should be. That's my fave. Nikki, I have another question for you, and I want you to try to maybe dub yourself in for something here. Um, Okay. When have you used working on The Simpsons to (laughs) get a table, to get through the door somewhere, other than the Magic Castle, obviously? Um, You know, what, what have you... In a moment of desperation, maybe it's Black Friday sales and, you know, they've run out of air fryers or something like that. When have you dropped, but I work on The Simpsons? The Simpsons card? Yeah. Several times. <laughs> um, I'm not above it. Uh, one of the times that sticks out most for me is, see, I'm doing it for other people. Yeah, you are. One of my sister's all-time favorite bands is the Gaslight Anthem. Are you guys familiar? I know the band, yeah, yeah. Yep. So they were playing a very small, like, private industry-only show in L.A. At what This was, like, what, like, four or five years ago or something? Yeah. And uh, she somehow, my sister somehow found out I was going to be at the Roxy. And so she's like, get someone to draw them. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so- I had one of my friends at work, Edwin, who's a treasure of a golden, wonderful person. Edwin's the best. You you share a lot of Edwin photos on Facebook. I'm aware of this. (laughs) I had him. He Simpsonized them for me, and my sister posted it on Instagram. And, like, two hours later, she had a message from a couple of the guys from the band. And then the next day, we were at the show. (laughs) That's amazing. And that's how you that's how magic happens. <laughs> I'm sure I've done it a couple other. Have I done it a couple other times? Uh, I had Sam Smith Simpsonized. Wow. Elijah Wood. Oh. Elijah Wood. Was, I didn't. Ha- we no. That was Elijah Wood was recording in our studio for something else. My friend told me. I messaged my si- I called my sister. She was like, "I'm on the way." We somehow finagled a meeting with him in like a hallway, and then I gave him a Simpsons tour. Do you remember when he came by my desk and I was drawing Spider Man? So I was doing Spider Man in an episode, yep. and I was like, "I'm drawing Spider Man. You're Spider Man." He was not Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> Who was Spider Man? It was uh, Tobey Maguire. Maguire, and then Andrew Garfield. Toby McGuire. Can I tell you that even after saying that, Elijah Wood was so nice to me. So was, it's a it's a testament to how nice he, he is. Super nice. <laughs> I had no idea what I was talking about. Elijah Wood genuinely seems like one of the nicest guys. Like purely, Elijah purely, Wood? yeah. Like because he was after yeah. Lord of the Rings, he was like the biggest name the on the planet, human ever. Yeah. And, like, you, you just never hear a bad story about him. He seems very humble. He went and made yeah. a bunch of indie films and just did stuff that interests him. It's like he didn't he, – he seems to me to be a guy that's very good at what he does that doesn't want or care about any of the fame associated with what he does, which is always cool to look at. Yeah, yeah he was so cool, and he was, like, so chill. Like, all I wanted was my sister to get her pick, and he was there for an audition, and he was like, I'm sorry I'm late, and I was like – Dude, I don't even. It's fine. Like I worked on the Simpsons. It's alright. My friend just had me come, like walk you over here, and he's like, "What the Simpsons?" I was like, "Yeah, dude, come upstairs after your audition," and he did. And we gave him the tour. And slowly, though, as I was walking him around on like the DL, I was starting. Do you remember when I started to get paged? Uh huh. Like all of a sudden, the receptionist started paging me, Mm. and I would like pick up the phone in the hallway, and it would be like. 
each time like a different person that we worked with who was like, I heard you have Elijah Wood. We're all still just nerds. Total nerds. Everyone came out with their, uh, what's that movie he's in with the ring? (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. What's that? What's Lord that movie? Of the Lord, Lord of the Rings. Of the Rings. <laughs> I still have never seen it. Two of my directors banished me from their office for a three-hour period after I told them I didn't see the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so you're exiled for as long as the first movie runs. <laughs> they did. They were like, get out until you see it. And I was like, well, that's probably never going to happen. So I'll see you I'll never. see you in three hours. I need to do my job. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of being an obsessed fan, Nikki... It's no secret that you're an obsessed Disneyland fan. What what were your thoughts when Disney took over? All right, listen. <laughs> I have so many thoughts and feelings. Pure happiness, <laughs> pretty much. It was so much back and forth. Like I had so everyone knows I'm a Disney fanatic. So so many of my friends constantly like through the whole what was it like a couple years were like. This, do you know what's going on? And I'm like, listen, I, I don't want to know until the mouse tells me what's happening. <laughs> um, and then it finally closed. And like now we're officially Disney and dreams come true. Is that how it happens? They send a mouse in <laughs> with a little message. <laughs> they sent one day I walked into work and there's this mouse sitting there. No, I wish like, I'm, I'm just waiting to see if we get passes. I was going to say, it's like the ravens in Game of Thrones, or the cro- or I think it's a raven, where they're just like a mouse with a little scroll <laughs> tied to its... Wait, like um, Hedwig I'm and the Harry only Potter. person on Earth who's never seen Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. Oh. That's fine. What have you seen besides The Simpsons and Spider-Man? <laughs> Nothing. Simpsons, Labyrinth. Simpsons, Labyrinth, Disney, that's it. That's it. Is it exciting to be part of the same family as... Like, obviously, you know, you're a fan of classic Disney, but now they also own Marvel and the Avengers and all that sort of thing. Like, you, you're effectively Robert Downey Jr.'s sister. Like, that's got to be exciting. <laughs> oh, my God. I love him. P.S. I've never thought about that. Now right? you can't Now date. we're friends. Now we can't date. Because yeah. we're related. Um, <laughs> the Marvel stuff I'm not super into. Okay. But Star Wars? I could be now that we're... Now, now that you bring it up. I feel like you're contractually what? obligated to be now. <laughs> kind of... Now I have to watch all of them. I get Marvel and DC confused now and forever. What is it? What is Superman and Batman? I don't know. <laughs> I know that one of them, like people get excited about, and the other one is like, oh, they're not as good. But like, I don't know which is DC. Which. Yeah, DC is like the ugly stepchild of superheroes at the moment. Okay, so okay, that's but, not us. But We're Marvel. Yeah. We're Marvel. But so I have now I have a bone to pick because I've been watching this show called. Doom something? <laughs> Have you heard of it? No. Doom something. Yeah. Okay, wait, 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 wait. She's going to Google it. it right I know now. it's DC and I, uh, I'm i actually a big Doom Patrol. I'm actually pretty a big fan of it. It's called oh, Doom okay. Patrol. It is DC Universe. Brendan Fraser is in it. Whoa. Wow. What? Okay. I've been watching it. It's pretty great. Uh, but I, Encino I, Man? I was, Encino Man himself is in it. George of the I Jungle. And I was trying to remember like... Is DC the one that everyone that is, is DC the stepchild? Yeah, or is it, is it DC is. Yeah, it's DC. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Marvel's. Oh, they're making a Marvel Land at Disneyland. I just heard. How do you guys feel about it? A Marvel Land. So what? Similar to the Star Wars Land, or? Um, I did actually. As someone who's not a total Star Wars geek, I've only seen the originals from when I was a yep. child a hundred years ago. Um, I did go to Star Wars Land opening day. Mm. Mind blown. Yeah. Wow. Okay. 
It was magnificent. I heard there aren't many rides open at the moment yet. It's not quite finished or something. It's like a... There's only one, but like literally it was fantastic. It looks pretty cool. I it was... I, I have video. I'll, I'll text it to you. Okay. Um, We had... You had to have reservations. So in each reservation was four hours. Not enough time to see everything. The detail, like they did such an amazing job. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm super into Star Wars now. Okay. <laughs> did Disney taking over? Did that change anything at the office, or is it just still the same people working in there? Like, did they bring in their own people? New or? stationery. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's gonna really happen with us. Although we do have some artists um, that came from Disney, which I've totally geeked out over. Nice. Uh, so what what would they have worked on? Just something that our listeners might be able to relate to. What would have made you geek oh out? Oh my god, they worked. We, we had Ursula. Um, was it Ursula? Kathy Zielinski. Yeah. She was the lead animator for Ursula. Nice. Wow. Uh, That's pretty fucking cool. Can you know The Little Mermaid? Yeah. Can you say the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, She also worked on Labyrinth, I found out. And when she told me, I cried. Holy I shit. Um, <laughs> I legit cried at my desk. And then we have a couple of other guys. But yeah, uh, Adam Dykstra came from Disney. Um, Nick Rainieri came from Disney. These are, I mean, we, uh, we, there's a ton of people on the Simpsons that have worked on like so many fantastic things, but I, yeah, geek, I geek for Disney. That's cool. How do you guys That's feel cool. about the upcoming Lion King remake? Um, that I, I'm pretty sure was directed by Favreau as well, who obviously did the Jungle Book. Okay, but... I love John Favreau. I love John Favreau. I love Donald Glover is in it. Right? Oh, I'm yep. so into <coughs> Childish Gambino after yeah. Solo. Solo's the only new Star Wars movie I've seen. He's amazing in that. Oh, oh I good film. I saw free solo and I thought it was solo. Different thing. Way more intense. This doesn't seem, this seems really avant garde for a Star Wars movie. Chewbacca? But I don't know how I feel about it yet. Okay. Because it seems, it seems very like shot for shot. And I don't know, like, you know, it's like, it's sort of just like a remake of the same. I'd have to see it, I think, to. I'm not a huge fan of the live action. Disney thing. Okay. Liz, what about from an animator's perspective? Because they're doing a phenomenal job of, you know, photo real virtually uh animal. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I liked Cinderella. I liked Beauty and the Beast. I refuse to see Aladdin. Why? Because <laughs> Will, Will Smith. Ooh. Angst there? Can't. 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 I think the Lion King will I think it has a good chance. Yeah, I'm I I uh I'm willing to give it a shot. I, I mean, I'll be honest, all those movies just make me cry. Yeah. Same. Okay. Like, I have a five year old daughter, and we watch a lot of Miyazaki movies with her, and people are like, "Wow, I can't believe you're watching Miyazaki movies. They're so sad. They're so dark." And I'm like, "Yo, every mother and father dies in every Disney movie. <laughs> they don't even have mothers most no, of them. It's all like you know, everything is everything. It's very uh, they're orphaned." Or their stepmothers are trying to kill them. Exactly. So, um, I am concerned because I'll, I'll be seeing The Lion King. I'm very personally interested and excited, but I'm concerned that the stampede scene is going to feel a bit too real. That's a like toilet break for me. Yeah. That one across oh, the Uncanny Valley. Think about that. It's going to be really intense. Yeah, Nikki, I had a story for you. Uh, you you've referenced Labyrinth a couple times, and um, this yes. is just something funny that happened to me that uh, relatively recently. I was at the gym doing some squats and had headphones on. Um, nice. 
and I nearly blew out my knee because Magic Dance came on. I just had it on shuffle. <laughs> yes. And the, it's, it is impossible to not tap your feet and bounce around to that. I've found out quite dangerous yeah. to listen to David Bowie at the gym. Probably not the best idea, but like I get it. American gyms are getting it wrong because I've never heard Dance Magic Dance in a gym. And that would be, I mean, I would just sign up. Dance Magic Dance. Dance Magic Dance. Yeah. yeah. And that's. <laughs> Yeah, I would sign up for every gym if they promised yeah. David Bowie would be playing all the time. American gyms have no whimsy. <laughs> Alrighty, well, just about does it, ladies. Thank you so much for your time. And that's Friday night over there. So, what are you got planned for the rest of your Friday night? Just pizza and labyrinth, or? Yeah, uh, I think we're gonna go out to the Magic Castle. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna go uh, hit up the bar around the corner. Mm. Where are the um? So I mean, it's been been a long time since I was in LA. What's what's like you know? Where are the? Where's it all happening these days? What are the hot scenes? Oh gosh, I don't know. <laughs> we the, the hot scene is wherever we are. The hot scene is wherever <laughs> is walking distance to yeah, wherever we are. Which is there's a new bar around the corner from my house. Yeah, it's easy. We there, if there's a seat and I can get there in about five minutes, then I'm there. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anywhere I where I can sit down, going out in your thirties yeah, versus yeah, going out in I your twenties. Down and walk there, it's ideal. All right, Liz, I plug your upcoming books once more for our listeners before we let you go. So I have a book coming out. Um, I should know for sure, but I think it's fall of this year, <laughs> and it's called "Please Don't Eat Me." It is a picture book, um, like an early reader book, but um, it, I think it's pretty funny. I wrote and illustrated it. Um, that one is yeah that one's coming up i have three books that i worked on this month and i'm trying to think if any of them have been i don't know if they've been announced yet so i'm not sure if i'm actually allowed to plug them my social media manager nikki Asordia, has informed me that they have not been announced yet, so i cannot plug them but stay tuned because i definitely have a lot of stuff coming up in the next year it's going to be a very busy year for me but i'm very excited what about stuff that's already in stores what's in the back catalog Oh, so I have I have three comic compilations available now. Uh, the first, Little World of Liz Climo. The second, Lobster is the Best Medicine. And the third, Best Bear Ever. Um, all three of them have been translated into uh, many different languages. Every language. Um, and then I have uh, my Rory the Dinosaur picture book series. There's three books there. And I have illustrated a couple different books. One of them is You Don't Want a Unicorn. Actually, I worked on the sequel. I can't announce that. Uh, you Don't Want a Dragon. Both of them written by Amy Dykeman. And uh, a book with Jory John called Can Somebody Please Scratch My Back? So I think You're that's it. You're so awesome. <laughs> You're awesome. I love Such you. an love overachiever. You. <laughs> but no, uh, all excellent. I heartily endorse those uh, services or products. Well, thank you. Great. You guys come visit us. Yeah, come here. Can you guys get here in like 45 minutes? Uh, Roughly. We can make them 55? <laughs> Give us an extra come 10. On. I think, I mean, the, if the Earth's rotating, if we fly the opposite direction, we should get there quicker. <laughs> That's how it works. We can figure it out. They're in the future. You guys are in the future. Nikki, what's happening in Simpsons World? I mean, I can't tell you guys anything, but there's top stuff. <laughs> there's some top secret stuff that I can't tell you about. Well, we, already know, we already know about the second movie, so. There was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we did a really cute Disney promo. I can talk about that because it's on the Instagram. Okay. <laughs> That's good. It's always nice to... That's about it. It's good. Come visit. We'll show you around again. And uh, yeah, that's all I can talk about in the Simpsons world. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time, Nikki and Liz. It's been great. And uh, enjoy your night of sitting down. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. Always lovely to talk. See ya. Nice talk to you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. 
There you have it, guys. Liz Colamo and Nikki Isordia, two lovely ladies who have both worked. One's still on The Simpsons, and Liz has her own stuff now, but she spent, I think, over 10 years working on The Simpsons. Yep. If you want to catch up with uh, Nikki or Liz, then you know, look for bars with seats or hang out outside the Magic Castle. That yeah. seems to be the best way. Or... Stage an outside screening of Labyrinth, and they'll come running. I was like, so during the interview, Nikki starts talking about the Magic Castle. Mitch just walks off on his phone the other side of the room. I'm like, okay, he's either clearly not interested, or Ash is just texting him about something like an emergency. And so no, the back I, of my mind, I'm thinking, is Mitch just gonna have to leave it all of a sudden? I, I was frantically trying to figure out which magicians had guest appeared on The Simpsons, whether or not it crossed over with her time working there. Okay. I was doing research on the fly. Yeah, yeah, but I was, I was just like... Then, uh, uh, like I said, <laughs> I wanted to keep talking about magic and you asked a question about Ralph and killed it. I didn't ask a question about Ralph. Yes, you did. I asked a question about which, ep- oh. which character is more satisfying to draw. Yeah, well, still. You know, Simpsons podcast, Simpsons questions. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm on holidays. We can have a holidays from talking about The Simpsons for four weeks. What did we learn, Palmer? We learned that apparently there's going to be a Marvel land. I didn't know about that. That is actually pretty exciting. And... Uh, we learned nothing about The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> we spoke about The Simpsons for some portion of it. <laughs> nothing about upcoming Simpsons. I feel like, though, if you worked on The Simpsons, maybe not. Like you, you feel like you would get sick of talking about them, but everyone mm. we've spoken to just seems to love talking about The Simpsons. Yeah, they do. Um, and keeping secrets. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mickey yeah. gave us nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, did you... I read a thing today about... So, obviously, Avengers Endgame... Massive spoiler at the end. Like, I won't talk about it here in case there's, you know, you're one of the three people on the planet that hasn't seen it. Um, but Jake Gyllenhaal knew about that a year and a half before it came out because of the script for Spider-Man Homecoming, which, well, sorry, Far From Home, Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, deals with the fallout of what happens in Avengers. So you had this guy that was new to the family that came in and suddenly he's one of only a couple people. It would have been like him and Cumberbatch and obviously, I'm guessing... Tom would have known as well. But, like, there would have been a handful of people. And, yeah, one of them is the new new kid on the block and had to keep this massive secret for a year and a half. I feel he's been in the business long enough to know that that's the kind of thing you should probably keep under wraps. Yeah, true. But, like, if I was Chris Evans, I'd be a little jealous about that, I think. Did Chris not know? I don't know. I'm assuming. if uh, He may not have. I'm he sure, may not have needed to know. I'm sure the, the spoiler, the person who's in relation to the spoiler would have, like, told his mates. Samuel L. Jackson didn't know. Really? Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson was one of the ones that was told that the scene at the end was a wedding scene. So, like, there's a lot of people that were really close to it that were not in on what on how it ended. Okay, fair enough. Mm. It's amazing they didn't get out. Ah, oh, phenomenally good secret keeping. Like, I guess they did ask people not to spoil it, but that was after it had already been out anyway. Like the fact that, the fact that they kept it a secret to the point where the, the first time it aired, the fact just that it never amazing. leaked. Yeah, uh, they were doing a lot of subterfuge. The subterfuge they were inviting people. Inviting the actors and actresses onto set even when they weren't required, so paparazzi couldn't get a a hint of like, oh well, that person hasn't been around for this big thing, so they're obviously dead. Yeah. Like it was, yeah, it was a just really great, um, great all in from everybody to make sure that that stayed a secret. Once again, guys, thanks again for listening, Mitch. I hope you enjoy the rest of your holiday. How much? How many more weeks you got left? Two or three? Three to go. Three to go. Where are you going next? Uh, so, from Paris, we're up to Amsterdam. Um, I might be incommunicado for a couple of days up there. Then we're off to Venice. Then uh, doing the typical... When you get to Venice, you're going to be the guy singing on the boat, right? You won't be, you won't be taking a ride. You'll be like, like yep. a big pizza. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, mate, mate, sit down. I've got yeah, this. I got this. What? What is that? I put the stick in the water. I think I can handle it. Um, then we're down to 
Chianti. We've got a, a little bed and breakfast that we're staying in in Chianti, and that's where I'm going to be doing... Like, fuck, you people think that I was pretentious up until now. You wait till I set myself up with a pen and a fountain... Like, a fountain pen and a notepad with a glass of wine looking out over the, like, the Tuscany countryside during sunset, penning away. I wouldn't even be writing Just anything. unfollow him for the next five weeks. It'll be unbearable. I won't post. <laughs> it was all stuff for me. All right, guys, we'll catch you next time. Thanks again. Shh.